Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, happy Tuesday afternoon as we count down to Christmas here on the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon around the network, wherever you may be tuned in. Got a good show for you today. Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director at USM, about to join us. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com on the show today as well. And we're going to have a professor from Southern Miss later in the hour who has created a a unique line of COVID-related products, and we'll be talking uh, to Dr. Young uh, at the uh, in the last segment of the show today. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. It's still not too late to uh, call in your New Year's catering. Dickie's can handle it for your family or your home or your business. And, of course, Dickie serves delicious food seven days a week right by the mall in Hattiesburg. So if you get the, uh, if you got the taste for some really good barbecue, then we always suggest Dickie's. Jack Duggan is the sports information director at Southern Miss uh, at Southern Miss, and uh, Jack, you get just got through with all the state playoff games and the um, state all star game football, Alabama Mississippi all star football game. You just haven't haven't been doing much here lately, Duggan. No, no, it's it's been a it's been another uh, another sleepy December. You know, we we didn't sign what twenty one. Uh, right. Oh yeah, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been uh, it's been okay. I'm sitting in the office right now. I just finished watching uh, our men's basketball team play. So, well, a good effort this afternoon. I guess we should report that uh, they were at East Carolina, I believe, and almost pulled it off, but uh, came up just a point short. Yeah, I had a chance to win it there at the buzzer. Just a uh, uh, last second shot. Just uh, nowhere. Near, just couldn't get near the basket, but uh, you know, led I think by as many as nine in the second half. Played really well. I mean. they they got the offensive going, and uh, you know, just so hard to win on the road, especially when you get outshot at the free throw line. I think it was like twenty-three to three or something like that. There was a huge discrepancy. It's tough to win. It's tough to win on the road like that. But uh, but hey, give give uh, give Jay's kids credit. They played they played hard today. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. I guess we can all agree that twenty-one was a better year than twenty. Uh, you know, when we got ravaged uh, with COVID, but. When you look back on the year, what what uh, might be the biggest surprises that you dealt with this year, and uh, you know what uh, what would you what, how would you cap twenty twenty at Southern Miss Athletics for twenty twenty one? I'm sorry. Well, I, you know, I thought that uh, you know we, we obviously we ended we ended the year on on such a high on such a positive note. You know, even the UTSA game where we lost, we you know we were in it to the last quarter, and I, th- I think that's 
I think that's the huge that's 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 the big difference. I mean, I think you know you know in twenty we went into the year with a fourteen point win at home against Florida Atlantic, but but really played well. You know, at the end of twenty one, you know, with the, the the whole rise of the super back and you know winning at Louisiana Tech, our rival on the road, and then and then coming home and uh, and uh, and beating FIU to to end the regular season. You know, and I, I think that just that just led such left such a positive you know vibe for everybody. Um, and then you know, leading that into signing day, I think it just was was just really 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 fun you know and, and you know another thing bob which, which i thought was kind of interesting is is that you know you know one of my jobs is is, is to make sure that the post-game press conferences you know go on without a hitch after every game and you know more importantly at home because you, you have more immediate at home games obviously and you know there was one point during the season we were one and six one and seven and we just lost at home and and you know, I've been I've been part of of teams that that have have not been very good. I was part of the zero and twelve team. I was part of the three and nine team last year. Um, you know, and they were talking. You know, after being one and seven, but you know, the thing is, is that it didn't sound like we were one and seven. If that makes sense, I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, you could tell that there was there was something coming. You know that that yeah sure we're we're enduring hard times now, but something is coming and and I, and I felt that all all through the season. Yeah, look, get in here with uh, Jack Duggan. Jack, I, you know, I wanted to to ask you specific specifically after that Louisiana Tech game, uh, you had a couple visitors on your press conference. Did uh, you know? Did Doctor Bennett and Jeremy McLean have the right uh, credentials to get in there on and interrupt Coach Hall's press conference? They, they always have the right credentials to get in and interrupt anytime anytime they see fit we're gonna let them we're gonna let them do that uh, you know we actually we actually were, were in an old training training room uh, in their old building um, at Louisiana Tech and and you know you just try to find a place to set up a zoom and uh, you know that was that was a nice uh, nice uh, uh, surprise you know as 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 zooms go. You know, there's a, there's a meme out there too where you, you see Coach Hall going, "Yeah, baby," and there's a, there's a big guy walking in the back of that meme. That's me. <laughs> and fortunately, it cuts off before you see me. But uh, you know, uh, so but uh, you know, it was cool. That was that was a cool deal that uh, that, that Dr. Bennett and 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 Jeremy got a chance to uh, share. You know, and, and what I thought was a pretty pretty big win for our program. Absolutely. Um, looking forward uh, to, to some baseball, uh, you know, we always say, well, you know, Coach Barry outdid himself this year with, with, the, uh, with the schedule. And then, Jack, when this one gets released, you start looking down. You got uh, – this is your stretch. You got South Al, Jacksonville State, Mississippi State, Lafayette, South Al, Tulane, and Dallas Baptist, Alabama, and FAU. That's the first month of the season. It is. There's no, there's no gimmies. That that that's for sure. I mean, it's going to be a tough. They're going to have to play. You know, Scott Barry's club's going to have to come out and play every night, and uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun for me. It's going to be fun for I think our fans. I think it'll be fun for our program. You know, it, it's it's another. You know, I thought last year's schedule was pretty good as well. Um, 
you know, this is a schedule that I think that if you play well, uh, you'll get rewarded at the end of the year. And, uh, and, you know, that's obviously what, what we'd like to do. And, and, um, and we'd like to, we'd like to go to our sixth straight, I believe it's sixth straight, uh, sixth or seventh straight, uh, you know, NCAA tournament. So, uh, you know, that's what, that's what they strive for every year. And, um, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy, but, but, but we will give it our best shot and look forward to hosting, uh, uh the tournament. Uh, the conference USA tournament that is uh, yeah. in late May. We uh, the joke on the show was they weren't gonna you know pull that back <laughs> since we announced <laughs> our exit to the Sun Belt. So I guess that's a joke, but it is still going to be held at the peak. Yes, yeah, so as far as I know, we're we're planning on having that week. Uh, you know, it's May twenty fifth through twenty nine, and uh, you know I don't think I don't think there's anybody in conference USA that 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 puts this event on any better than we do at Southern Miss. And, uh, you know, we look, we, we look forward to hosting it one more time. And uh, it should be a lot of fun that week. Win the last title and then say Soronata. That's kind of the plan that uh, I have back into my mind, Jack. Hey, Jack, some improvements taking place at the Pete, too, I understand, uh, prior to baseball season. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, the, you know, they've got new netting, uh, new netting in, uh, you know, behind-the-screen netting, you know, that stretches from – uh, the end of the first base I got to the end of the third base I got looks a lot better uh, with the new netting. Uh, right now, um, they are putting in new lighting. Uh, so if you drive by the Pete over the next you know week or so, you can see them putting that new LED lighting in. Those big bulbs are are going away. Uh, you know, so they they've probably got about half of that done. Uh, at least the last time that I rode by there, I think it was yesterday afternoon, and there might be. One or two other projects that uh, that we're working on um, that I, I don't know if I'm at liberty to talk about at this juncture, so I may have to hold off on that. Well, I, keep, but, I keep hearing about a new scoreboard. Is that a possibility? That that is a thanks, Bob. That, that yeah, that is a possibility. <laughs> uh, but but I, but I've got no confirmation on that yet. Okay, you're, you're neither denying or or saying that that's true. Is that no, what I'm, I'm, not, I'm neither. I can neither confirm. That's or deny it. You're neither your confirming but, or denying. I got Bob, you. with those new LED lights, Jack's going to be up there being able to push the right button to cut them on and off to have them flash like they do when when uh, somebody hits a grand slam. You. Jack can do all that. I'll be honest with you. I don't like that feature in the lights. I, 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 I mean, I know it's cool. I know the fans will love them. But you know, have you have you guys noticed like like during the baseball playoffs when a guy hit a home run, they do those lights and you couldn't see him running around the bases. Right. It just I don't know. I, but Jack, if we choose to go that route, we will be happy when those lights do that because that will mean that, another that, ball that, has left that is the yard. Very, that is very true, and I I don't think anybody's gonna care about my feelings one way or the other about those lights. So. Right. All right. So you're, you're on, so we're on the record. You're not confirming or denying a no, new I'm fancy not confi- scoreboard. I confirm or deny. I don't, I don't know. All I know is is what we have up right now. That's, that's all I know. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Jack. Merry Christmas, guys. Y'all be good. All right. Jack Duggan, everybody. Sports Information Director at Southern Mists. Luke and I will break down the basketball game, third hour, uh, third segment of the hour. Patrick McGee from New Orleans joins us. And then Dr. Young, a Southern Miss really smart guy on the show.
Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank our good buddy Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director at Southern Miss, for joining us in the first segment of the show. I want to thank all of our sponsors who have been with us throughout the year. Uh, we're going to go. We're going to run down that list of sponsors before the end of the year because we're very grateful. We have very, very little sponsor turnover on this program, and uh, so for all of the great businesses that sponsor the Eagle Hour. Uh, we want to say publicly thank you, and I want to encourage all of you guys that listen to the show to do business with them because they are indirectly, of course, supporting Southern Miss Athletics. One of those is Campus Bookmark and CampusBookmark.net. They're on Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss campus. They're also online at CampusBookmark.net. Miss Kathleen is a fantastic lady. Her store is just stocked right now with great Christmas ideas, and you've still got a few days to go. If you've got a... Well, the truth is, if you've got a Golden Eagle on your shopping list and you don't do some shopping at Campus Bookmark, you're probably not satisfying that person completely. So uh, make sure you make a trip down there. You're going to find the best prices. You're going to find the best selection. And you're far and away going to find the best service at Campus Bookmark and CampusBookmark.net. Well, a frustrating day today for Southern Miss basketball. Oddly, they played uh, in the morning. Maybe Luke knows why that happened at uh, East Carolina University. And as poorly as they've played in recent games, they played very well today, led for much of the game, but came up a point short in the end, Luke. Yeah, Eagles drop a 68-67 decision to East Carolina. One of the reasons, too, I think uh, especially benefits not only the home team but the away team uh, to play one this early like they did. They tipped off today at 12 Eastern time, 11 Central. And it just allows – our guys are probably catching a, a plane later today, getting back, and it allows you to get an extra day of, of Christmas break. Eagles don't play again until next Thursday at home against Western Kentucky. So, you know, it allows those guys uh, just a, a little mental break. And, you know, this is uh, six in a row for the Eagles to, to have lost. But they played a lot better today. Okay, so you lose 68-67. If you go back and you look at the losses, November 26th, lost by 12. November, or December 1st, lost by 30. December 4th, lost by 25. December 14th, lost by 11. Uh, lost to Monroe on the 18th by 9. This was a game the Eagles actually led at halftime, and they drop it 68-67. They they took the lead late with less than a minute left. Um, East Carolina came down and and, and got a bucket. Eagles turned it over and then fouled, and... um, they had an opportunity. Jerome Pierre had a had a wide open three, got loose on a um, on an inbound, missed it. Eagles fouled. Uh, East Carolina missed the, the the free throw, and then uh, Isaiah Moore got the rebound and just kind of hurled one up. Probably had a lot more time, but I think he was didn't realize uh, that there was about three seconds left. He rebounded. He he got the rebound with four seconds. They could have probably got a little better shot, but they heaved it up and it didn't go in. But Eagles shot well today. Bob fifty percent from the floor. 35% from three-point land, and as uh, Jack alluded to earlier, the kind of the puzzling um, statistic, and I'm not I'm not inferring anything by this, I'm just saying East Carolina was 18 of 24 from the free-throw line. Eagles were 3 of 3. <laughs> so wow, that's, East quite, Carolina, that's quite a contrast, isn't it? East Carolina attempted 21 more free-throws than the Golden Eagles did. Hmm. All right, well, best of luck to them when they come back, get a little break, uh, have a few days off. Tough opener, obviously, uh, 
in the league, but uh, you know, we'll be there. A couple more things from that, just leading scorers today. Jerome Pierre, 20 points. Tyler Stevenson, 16 points. Uh, Bolden, the freshman, had uh, had 12 points. As far as rebounds go, Isaiah Moore, 9, and Stevenson had 8. Um, Golden Eagles, again, they, man, they, they shot the ball well today. Um, just uh, turned the ball over. Not as much as they have, but they did have like 14 turnovers, which is still far too many. East Carolina had nine, I believe. So the Golden Eagles, uh, you lose by one, but you give all those extra possessions to the team, and it's going to bite you. I'm guessing they cherish the break. You know, I think they probably a break right now would do them more good than uh, than anything. They will. So they finish the non-conference portion of the schedule at 4-8. and eight. The next two games, Western Kentucky and Marshall on December 30th and January the 1st, both at home. East Carolina next Thursday at 7 p.m. And then New Year's Day, you eat your black-eyed peas and cabbage for lunch, and then you go watch uh, Marshall coming to town against the Golden Eagles at 2 o'clock. All right, let's talk bowl football. How, how's the league doing? Uh, the, the league we're hoping we're departing next year, but right now we're a member of CUSA, and you want the teams to do well. Or, or they're kind of holding their own, don't you think? Yeah, they, they started off uh, pretty well and then dropped uh, the last couple. Right now, Conference USA – Three and three with two games to go. So eight bowl games Conference USA participating in. It started last Friday. Middle Tennessee defeated Toledo 31-24 in the Bahamas Bowl. And then on uh, on Saturday, Marshall dropped a 36-21 uh, game in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl to a 23rd-ranked Louisiana Lafayette. Western Kentucky blew out Appalachian State. Appalachian um Kind of got back into it a little late, but Western Kentucky scored 21 points in the third quarter. Surprise game, actually. They did. Western Kentucky won 59 to 38. Yeah, in big the, surprise. I, I want to go through all these because I just enjoy saying these sponsors. The Roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Western Kentucky won that one. Uh, the uh, UTEP lost to Fresno State 31 24 last Saturday in the, this is the fun one. Remember the PUBG Mo- Mobile. New Mexico Bowl. So uh, UTEP finishes the year at 7-6. and six. Probably the most surprising outcome was UAB upset number 13 BYU in the Independence Bowl, 31-28 last Saturday. That was a BYU team that went perfect against the Pac-12. Right, and let me say this. I watched that game, and the score, in a sense, is a little misleading because particularly in the second half, well, really throughout the game, but really in the second half, fourth quarter, UAB lined up and played mono imano football, and they just beat BYU. They ran the ball down their throat, and they were simply unable, unable to stop uh, UAB from running the football. So good for the Blazers. Dwayne McBride in that game for UAB rushed 28 times for 183 yards. No question. Yeah. Total offense, uh, they rushed, uh, the Blazers rushed for 223 yards, had over 400 yards of, of offense. That was the most impressive. So you can say it was the most impressive win for the conference. You can say that UAB is now the official 2021 Pac 12 champions. Congratulations to and the Martin. And the Conference USA champions. So, I mean, they, they've <laughs> they had a pretty good year. Yeah. So, uh, those, uh, so Conference USA, uh, four are a, th- let me get my math right. Conference USA, uh, three and two going into last night. I had a little brain fog there for a second. Old Dominion took on Tulsa last night in the Myrtle Beach Bowl presented by Tax Act, and Old Dominion fell by a score of 30-17 to 17 to Tulsa. Monarchs finished the year six and seven. So Conference USA right now, 
uh, three and three in bowl action tonight. The UTSA Roadrunners, with their twelve and one record, will take on San Diego State, who's eleven and two. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl in Frisco, Texas. San Diego State, a two and a half point favorite, eleven and two versus twelve and one. Uh, so that that should be a fun one, and then the final game this Thursday for Conference USA, the Frisco B- Football Classic, presented by Ryan. I like that. North Texas against Miami of Ohio in the MAC. They pretty they've handled the MAC pretty well, actually. Uh, but but you're right. The UAB game was the uh, was the best game of the year. But I got to tell you, if San Antonio uh, can knock off a, a you know a team that's only lost two games all year, which I think has been a pretty competitive football team. Uh, all year that's a that could be another nice win for the conference yeah so when you when you this will be the third game against a ranked opponent uh uab beat byu and then marshall lost to a ranked louisiana team so if utsa were to win tonight conference usa would not only be four and three overall they would be two and one against ranked bowl opponents so that's that's a yeah. big uh big game and, and the thing to watch tonight there was actually an article espn.com the the punter for san diego state who is a monster he's hit like three 80 yard punts this year he's a guy to watch for uh he's just kind of a really really unique individual but yeah go road road runners tonight and, and knock off san diego state well real quickly last got about a minute and 15 seconds left uh our soon-to-be conference mate louisiana which will always be southwestern Louisiana to me. Uh, have they named a new coach, uh, Luke? That's what actually was just going through my mind, and uh, I'm not sure. If only I had a device where I could go to Google, we will. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know that in just a minute. Because hmm. I know their 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 coach went to Florida, and he did not coach in the bowl game, is my understanding. Which, you know, that's a dicey thing. There, do do you do you owe your obligation to your new employer? Or do you owe an obligation to the kids that have played for you all year and are going to play in a bowl game? I think if it were me, I would want to stick around and have that bowl game with my kids before moving on. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it happens that way. you got to remember Fedora coached after he'd been named at, at UNC. One of the things that people forget, Coach Bauer actually stuck around after he got forced out, and he coached the Birmingham Bowl. Right. You know, so it, it kind of goes both ways. I, Jody Lott texted me, and, and it reminded me, too, the, the offensive coordinator for Louisiana was was promoted. So I, I'm going to mispronounce his cage name, but I think it's Michael uh, DeSormo. I think that's his name. He was the offensive coordinator under Napier. And I remember now Will Hall actually tweeted about that. This is a guy that's well-respected uh, within the coaching community, and he will be the uh, the coach the Eagles will face once uh, they're in the Sun Belt. Leave it to the mayor of the roost to come up with that uh, trivia information when we need it. He Patrick- actually – he actually played for Louisiana also. Gotcha. Not, not Jody. Not, not but Jody. The coach. <laughs> but the coach, right? Patrick McGee from NOLA.com is next. Are the Saints still alive and breathing, and do they need Nick Mullen? That's what we'll ask him when we come back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street. 
located on 4th Street, just in the shadow of the Rock. Hey, you got two more games uh, to watch uh, today over at 4th Street. Seahawks and Rams at 6, and uh, the Washington football team and Philadelphia Eagles at 6 also. You can go check it out and watch more football on a Tuesday at 4th Street. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com joins us today. And, uh, and Patrick, before we really get into uh, the Saints game, what a, what a game it was uh, for New Orleans, you know, how, about, how about Nick Mullins last night? Practice squad comes in uh, just under four minutes ago, leads the, the Browns down the field, takes, uh, takes the lead on a nice fourth down touchdown pass where he, where he made something happen, <laughs> finishes 20 of 30 for 147 yards and a touchdown. Really all you can ask out of a practice squad guy with both Case Keenum and, um, and Baker Mayfield down. I mean, you know, we were joking about this, but, but you kind of made the comment off air that Nick Mullins is a guy that probably New Orleans or some other team should have already scooped up. There's really no reason for him to be a practice squad guy this year. No, I, I think the injury uh, that he had late last year, I guess it was late last year when he had that, I think that probably, uh, you know, turned some teams away. Uh, but, you know, when he's healthy, he's good. I mean, he's got, he hasn't been perfect as a pro. He's probably thrown too many interceptions. But, my gosh, I mean, the, the yardage numbers, and, and yesterday he was really just kind of asked to go in there and, and manage the offense, and, of course, he's done that. So, I think Nick's going to be around the NFL for a while. He, he, you know, yesterday was an example of, of you know, that he's good enough to play in this league, and he, at the very least, should be somebody's number two uh, uh, down the road as he gets more experience in the league and and maybe cleans up the you know interceptions. He's you know he's borderline starter in the NFL. He's got that kind of potential, and he's a super smart guy, good arm. I've always thought his arm has been kind of underrated. Uh, so. I th- yeah, I think he's got a bright future in the NFL. We'll we'll see if uh, folks continue to give him a shot. You know, he's a guy that that you said this, I think too, but specifically applying to the Saints, seems like he would fit that offense extremely yeah. well. He's, you know, I'm not comparing him to Breeze. Okay, I'm not I'm not saying he's like mm-hmm. Drew. Brown. I'm not saying that, but I am saying the type of offense, particularly the last five or six years that was run in New Orleans. A high efficiency, you know, multiple targets within 15 yards. That just kind of fits Nick's game really well. Yeah, and he gets through his reads really well, and and doesn't always make the perfect throw. But he, you know, he, like I said, he's got a chance to just get better and better. And I think he would have been a great fit with the Saints if they'd ever really kind of been in a position to get him. Like I said earlier, they probably shied away from the idea uh, with his injuries, and they already had Simeon in late last year. Uh, they held on to him, and it, obviously Simeon hasn't worked out. If you want to compare, you know, Mullins and Simeon, I mean, there's no doubt that Mullins has a much higher ceiling as a pro quarterback. Uh, Simeon's just had little uh, uh, little flashes here or there where he's looked pretty good, but Mullins at times has run off a string of games to where he really <laughs> looked like, you know, almost like a pro bowler out there. So um, in that Saints system, he really would have been a good fit. I always thought that, you know, just watching him in college, if he'd ever been kind of, stuck into a system similar to what Sean Payton does, uh, he would have had a chance to be a productive pro quarterback. And, I, you know, if the Saints are ever given that opportunity, why not? I mean, he he just seems to be that type of guy. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, I don't know that we've asked you about this, but your thoughts about Austin Davis leaving the NFL to take over the O.C.'s job at Auburn? Yeah, you know, we heard rumblings last year that he was angling to get an O.C. job on the college level, whether it was South Alabama or Southern Miss. or And uh, for him to... You know, uh, wait is you know ha- able to wait a season, and get the job, 
at Auburn, uh, that's pretty. That's pretty good. I mean, to be a coordinator in the SEC and the SEC West, it's going to be tough, no doubt. Uh, but it's this is a great opportunity for Austin. Uh, if he goes in there and succeeds, I mean, he's he's not that far off from being a, a head coach in the FBS at a fairly high level. Now, here's the danger, though. I think if there is one, you know, at Auburn, uh, you don't you don't do really well. Uh, the coach's not going to be around very long. Yeah, oh yeah, that's that's true. I mean, he's only 32 years old, so he's got a lot of years in front of him. Uh, but you know, just the experience at Auburn for him to, you know, at, at Seattle, obviously he's the quarterbacks coach. Uh, this will be his opportunity to make all the play calls and and all. That. I assume that's the case. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a great situation for him. And if it doesn't work out after a couple of years, Auburn, he'll get an opportunity somewhere else. Austin's yeah. a talented guy, smart guy. Uh, he'll have his chance as a head coach, I'm pretty convinced. I know Luke wants to brag on the Saints, and I'm going to give him time to do that. But before we before we get back to that, I just want to ask you this, because I shared this with Luke before we went on the air today. I think the NFL has really botched the season with this quote-unquote COVID protocol. And I think they're putting a lot of teams unnecessarily in really unfair positions. I think the Cleveland game was an example I think the Bears were really understaffed last night when they played. I know tonight when Washington plays Philadelphia, they're about 22 or 23 players short. And and even today, their Pro Bowl uh, guard, uh, Sheriff, he's out. Wasn't there a better way to do this, Patrick? Yeah, I think. I mean, I I think there was probably an easier way to handle this in in terms of how they handled uh, vaccinated players and unvaccinated players. They could have made this. A little simpler, a little easier for players to get back out there, and, and they they have made changes midseason. I think it it applies maybe starting this week uh, to where it will be easier to get players back into the fold. So yeah, they probably just you know they they probably overstepped a little bit early in the season, just made it tough. But really, the early stages of the season weren't so bad. Yeah. Uh, it's just we're going through a new stage of the uh, of the pandemic, and really it's hit hard and. And they probably waited just a little bit late to make the necessary changes, but you know, here we are. Yeah, and and it, you know, it's too late now for for the teams that the, that have taken that. Did work out pretty well for your guys, the Houdats. How, how do you explain their domination of the Tampa Bay Bucks? Uh well, I, defensively, I I knew they could beat the Buccaneers, and but I going in, I'm thinking, well, they're going to have to score at least 28 you know, 31 points to beat them. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and they probably played within the game kind of conservatively when it was obvious Tampa really wasn't able to do much. They probably could have put got into the end zone at least, at least once. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the Bucks came in there and wanted to force the Saints to run the ball or, you know, to or stop the run, I should say, and then force them to pass the ball. And uh, they got enough in the air to get down the field and get those field goals. It was it was a strange game. It was it was a it was if you're a defensive fan, you're it was it was you eat it up. And I really kind of enjoy watching the game because uh, you just don't see that happen to Tom Brady, <laughs> and he really just got completely shut down. And they kept talking about that the injuries that the Buccaneers uh, took on throughout the game it was like, well, well, welcome to the Saints world. That's what they've been dealing from right, with step from like up. week one. You're the yeah, world I mean, champion. Step up. Michael Tom- Michael Thomas hasn't been on the field once this season. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's the Saints have, at this point, are finding a way to get around all the little issues they've had, injuries, COVID. And uh, if Hurricane. they can just build a little momentum here, 
uh, and get Taysom to just progressively get a bit better by the week. I mean, there's, there's a chance they could win these next three games and, and finish 10-7 and and get in the playoffs fairly easily. Go ahead, Luke. I know you want to brag. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, you throw into there, you know, a, a hurricane also. Um, what? Yeah. This is what I heard on the commentary, Patrick, and you, know, you can elaborate on this. Sean Payton basically told Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator who was uh, head coach for that game, don't call this game how I would do it. You be your mm-hmm. own dude and you call it. I found that very intriguing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think Sean probably learned from the year where he was sidelined completely. You know, maybe they were trying to be, you know, they were trying to do whatever Sean Payton wanted to do, and that did not work, you know, throughout that season. It was especially through the first half, and it was really difficult season to get through. So I, I think maybe that's a little bit of advice he learned from just sitting and watching that year. And uh, they really went out there and wanted, you know, a defensive battle, and my gosh, they won it. Uh, that was It was pretty impressive how they did it. That was a that was a dominating defensive, uh, probably one of the, the the most dominating that Brady's ever faced. I mean, first time he shut out since two thousand six. A stat I gave yesterday, I got off the broadcast. Um, first time since nineteen seventy that the leading offense in has been shut out in December or uh, or January when teams hit their stride. Yeah. Thought that was very intriguing. Camara only has thirty one total yards. Uh, what do they got to yeah. do this week to change that? Uh, well, I mean, uh, it's you, you would think it's the the Dolphins. I don't know much about their you know defensive defense or whatever, but you would think Tampa's really good on, on, on uh, up front on defense. So I would expect things to kind of turn around a little bit. Uh, this is a game that I think the Saints should win. I really think they should win the final three games of the season. Um, so I, you know, I, it, it's there to be had for the Saints, and there's a lot of things that could go wrong between now and, and that final game, as we as we've all seen uh, throughout the season. But if the Saints finally catch breaks uh, that they haven't been getting here in the second half of the season, they could easily roll into the playoffs. There we go. All right, Patrick, I want to say Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for all that you contribute to the Eagle Hour. Hope you have a great Christmas day with your family. All right, y'all too. Thanks <clears> for having me again. Patrick McGee, everybody, from NOLA.com. Just one word of advice. Bring Nick to the Big Easy during the offseason. Nick to the Big Easy. When we come back, uh, we're going to tell you what Southern Miss is doing to fight COVID. It's pretty impressive, and uh, that'll be next. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment of the Eagle Hour on this Tuesday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Still time to swing by there and get uh, some Christmas gifts from the pro shop, some gift cards for lessons in the upcoming softball and baseball season. DBAT, D1 Training, proud sponsors. Of the Eagle Hour, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And, Laurel, if you missed the show today or any part of the show, you can go back and listen to us in podcast form. 
anytime on demand, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. A couple news and notes. Uh, softball finishes with a program best 3.502 team GPA for fall 2021. Coach Brian Levans, ladies, do an outstanding job with uh, – Five Golden Eagles finishing with a perfect 4.0, six uh, posting a 3.5 to a 3.9, so congratulations to them. Hey, uh, we're happy to be joined now with uh, Dr. Jing Hai Young of the Aerospace uh, Composite Lab at the University of Southern Mississippi here to talk about how he and others are, are fighting COVID-19. And Dr. Young, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much for the opportunity. So tell us uh, what, what, what's going on, you guys, uh, coming up with some great ways uh, to continue to fight COVID. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And we first of all, congratulations for all the students and the uh, Southern Miss. You finished the semester strong. Uh, congratulations to everybody. And uh, we want to share with uh, one of the good news about one of the inventions we uh, developed. Uh, it's called the nose cover. Uh, this one is kind of we have super talk. It already helped us uh, did a commercial. They did a great job and talk about the, uh, the the feature of the nose cover. And uh, so, and I want to share a couple words about nose cover. Um, this is a very comfortable breeze, and uh, with this nose cover, you don't need any strip to 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 wear on your uh, on your uh, ears, and also it doesn't generate any pressure on your faces. Uh, so it allow you wear 24/7. You can wear all the time, and uh, this nose cover can also wear with a regular mask and a face cover, uh, so that you can double layer the protection through the holiday season. We're and uh, we, yes, <laughs> we're talking we to. Uh, use, go ahead, Doctor Young. Go ahead. Yeah, we another technology we're using is kind of we're working in the aerospace lab, but we use kind of air sealing technology, so we're cope with that technology into the PPE design. So it is applicated in this nose cover. We're talking to Dr. Jinghai Young from the University of Southern Mississippi and the uh, the new invention of these nose covers. Primarily why they're so important, Dr. Young, is because it's the droplets uh, where COVID is spread and, and uh, you know, contacted through through those type that's how the, uh, the the virus is spread and so this is something people can put on and then put a mask over to to further protect correct that's exactly right because the covid-19 is kind of invisible and a non-boundary and uh, you know you can be anywhere so this one nose cover will provide a 24/7 protection um, awesome. so they give you a piece of the layer of protection and anywhere um, whenever you go you you eating or you get a family gathering, and uh, so it gives you a peace of mind, uh, the safety protection. Now, Dr. Young, where can people find this uh, find this new device? I know you have it for sale uh, here in Hattiesburg. Yes, we are actually have an office in Hattiesburg. We are, we are located at 1 Churchill Street, and close to Buffalo Water 1. And you can give us a call. Our phone number is 601-336-336. 0513 and uh, check on our Facebook the PSC Hub City MS or you can check our YouTube channel to learn more detail about it is uh, you can search George Young and a nose cover you have lots of information about this one okay and so the genesis of this creation came from none other than Southern Miss yes this will generally come from right here in Hattiesburg 
when we held the lockdown in the last year, March, uh, we had nothing to do. So we are find out some new way to, to protection. That's how they started. Well, it sounds like a wow. great deal and a great invention. And, <laughs> and real quickly, we've got about a minute left. Run through again how people can get more information. I think that's important for them to know. Yes, sir. And uh, call us. We're a PSC. Call us 601-336-0513. Check our Facebook, PSC Hub City MS, or our YouTube channel, George Young and Nose Cover. Thank you so much. I wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Dr. Young, and thanks for the good work, sir. We really appreciate uh, your efforts. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. All right. Uh, that wraps up, Dr. Young. A lot of smart people at Southern Miss, excluding the two that do this show. I mean, we went to Southern Miss, but I don't think we're quite in his league. Do you, Luke? Uh, no, not not at all. <laughs> and and uh, guys who I guarantee you, too, because uh, it happens to me overseas as well, you, you meet these, these people, and uh, English is their second or third language, and they speak it better than rednecks like us. So uh, anyway, we uh, greatly appreciate the the genius of men like Dr. Young and at the university, uh, man, no putting out stuff to, to help the population as we enter another winter season. All right, tomorrow's the last show of the year, and uh, or whether this week, uh, before Christmas, and we're really happy to have Rick Cleveland join us, the Dean of Sports Writers in Mississippi. We're going to look back at the year of Southern Miss, look back at the sports in Mississippi uh, throughout the year as well. So Rick Cleveland on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. We always look forward to that. Back tomorrow at 1. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.